Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Read Between the Lines, the Tower podcast at the University of Minnesota about the Tower Art and Literary Magazine. I'm here with Trinity Fritz Lawrence, who's one of our contributors to our poetry section this year to the 2021 edition. She uses she, her pronouns. She's a freshman studying English and classics. Hi, Trinity. Thanks so much for meeting with me today. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, so we're going to start with a reading of Trinity's poem. Um, and then we're going to go into some questions. So Trinity, if you want to take it away. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this poem is called Straight Best Friend, or Why I'm No Longer Discussing Sex with Straight People. My ex-best friend told me her boyfriend ate her pussy, but it's okay. She's still a virgin. But oh, I, I forgot. I guess that's all sex is for you guys. You know that part in Fried Green Tomatoes when they throw flour on each other? Yeah, that's lesbian sex. Lesbian sex is eye contact over the kumquats in high V, covert camaraderie and a glance we both know means more. Lesbian sex is listening to Allen Ginsberg read Howl. That's it, that's an orgasm. Lesbian sex is texting your not quite girlfriend yet it's complicated that you're a virgin, so just FYI. And she says she's one too. Lesbian sex is never, ever, ever talking to each other, but never stopping once we do. Lesbian sex is political, like washing your hands is, like going out without makeup, like hashtag me too and a little red sticker. Lesbian sex is masturbation. <gasps> with myself, <gasps> a lesbian. Lesbian sex is Schrodinger sex, like no dick, no strap on, what do y'all even do? Lesbian sex is none of your fucking business, but don't die wondering, darling. I love that poem so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like every time I read that poem, I find something else that I'm like, wow, that's so good. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. And hearing you read it aloud is really fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I had to diversify the emotion a little bit. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so if we want to jump right into questions. Um, so you mentioned a little bit earlier that you kind of wrote this to be a little funny, half of a joke. Um, yeah. Can you tell me more about your process for writing this poem? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty straightforward, honestly. Um, it's kind of based off of that moment um, that I talk about in the poem where my ex best friend told me her boyfriend ate her pussy. Um, and just kind of having this experience repeatedly with a lot of my straight friends where it's just like, oh yeah, we did this. And then it not really being considered sex and me being like, um, I'm not here to judge your experience, but that's, that's kind of my definition of sex and just, this constant invalidation of both lesbian sex and female pleasure as a whole. And that it, just kind of being mad about that is what triggered me to write this poem. And then it became really goofy and fun. I absolutely hear you. I, <laughs> one of my favorite things about this poem is how overt and just like, it just deals with like AFAB pleasure in a way, uh, like a topic that is so taboo to talk about and like, some people are so weird about it and this one's just like hey yeah that's it's normal it's natural it's 
like it's just relationships and I like as like a queer person as a queer woman like I really like how this just like demands normalization of queer relationships I love yeah I just I wanted to create kind of a satire of um the way society doesn't really address female pleasure or lesbian sex unless it's in the context of pornography and the straight male gaze at which point it's not I would argue real sex but that's a whole other subject um and so yeah I just kind of had fun with this concept of what even is it because when it gets down to the point of definitions I feel like we've all been raised in a very phallocentric society and so it's like unless we are interacting with a phallus or some sort of phallic object it's really hard for us to conceptualize sex and for so many people that's not the central act so I was just like well let's play with that let that let's have fun with that absolutely and I can absolutely tell that you are having fun in this poem um there's like a like a lightness and like a, like a playfulness that overlays the entire thing. One thing that I, maybe I mentioned it to you when we were initially corresponding about this poem, but I'd like to mention it on the podcast too, um, just to like tuck in a little bit of interpretation. Yeah. It starts out really playful and it stays playful throughout the whole thing. But as we go through the poem, the, the anger at the like constant maligning of female pleasure and female relationships like it becomes more and more overt and more and more clear that like there is like a real anger and a real dissatisfaction and a real like like I won't accept this knock it off kind of sense um and that becomes more and more clear and then we get to the last few lines and it just like shifts this it takes it there Um, thank you yeah so I loved that Thank you. I, I feel like it really mimicked kind of my own development of this dissatisfaction because, for example, at the moment when that ex-best friend um, was like, well, I'm having lesbian sex, but it's not really sex and just kind of was making fun of this um, notion. I was just kind of like, we were friends and I wasn't really going to argue with her. And so I just kind of was like, haha, that's fine. And then as the years progressed and I was just like, wow, that was super invalidating. And she's not the only person. This is kind of a reflection of society as a whole. Um, I think I progressed in a similar way to the poem progressing where it was just like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna put up with this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm glad that it's your ex-friend. I'm yes. You're not, yeah, I feel like that's how those re- like interactions go. Like in the moment, it's like, oh, aha. Anyway, moving yep. on. And then like later on, you're thinking about it and you're like, why do I feel rotten about that? Like, yeah. why does that make me feel so bad? And then you think about it and you're like, oh, I'm actually kind of really upset about <laughs> what was said to me. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing that was also really sad about not that, in, not just that interaction, but just this concept in general is that this is an ideology that's really pe- perpetrated by women, straight women, queer women, everybody. And she was saying that. um, And I don't think she was recognizing. And again, I don't want to like judge her experience because everyone has different preferences and different experiences. But like 
she was really enjoying what was happening, but in her head, it wasn't sex. And so it's almost like we aren't allowed to interpret our own pleasure the way that is true to us. So like we always have to view it in the context of this phallus. And I feel like women who have sex with men almost have that more because it's not always about what they want, but about the idea that they have that this is what sex is, not sex is pleasure. Yeah. The uh, concept of like being attractive and like being like visually pleasurable for your partner yes. so tied in to that idea of heterocentric sex. Yeah. It's, but there's more. <laughs> there's so much more and like real intimacy, which is what you're getting at in this poem is so valuable. And I think making sure that we remember that when we talk yes. about sex and physical intimacy and then all other kinds of intimacy. But Exactly, exactly. Um, so this poem, obviously, I absolutely adore. And then you are also quite a poet. You're quite prolific. Um, do you want to tell us more about what else do you write? What do you love to write? Um, why poetry? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is definitely an anomaly as far as my poetry is concerned, because typically I edge a little bit more surrealist um, and so a little bit less grounded in my reality and my narrator as myself, because the narrator for this poem is me. This is just me being like, I really wish I could have said these words to you in the moment that we had this interaction. Um, but this isn't, this was a different kind of, I guess, form, style for me to explore. So a lot of my pieces are humorous, but strange. And I like to play a lot with atypical forms. So I recently did a piece which I'm trying to publish, but I'm trying to figure out what way is the best way to publish it. But it's like a hypothetical museum. And so it's like a chapbook essentially of all of these vignettes, which are like prose poems, but they're describing a museum exhibition which could never really exist. And so it can only exist on the page because words are the only way to kind of express that. Um, and so just kind of playing with the form of poetry as a way to express things which are difficult to express in other ways. I think that's the real strength of poetry is like there yes. are feelings and some experiences that like humanity has that are so difficult to put into words and that we cannot express except with metaphor. And that's where that's like the home of poetry is like those inexpressible things. For sure, yeah. I guess our last question, this is the big question. Um, so our 2021 um, edition of the Tower Magazine, um, our theme for this year was Catch Light. And so for our audience, we'll do a little definition. So a catch light is, think of any portrait and obviously every, uh, every painting, every portrait, every photograph has light and shadow and sometimes when there's a person in the portrait, that light will glint and catch on the eye of the subject and draw the viewer's attention to that point. Um, and so we selected the word catch light as our theme for this year. Um, and we've been thinking about perspective and focus and also hope and 
paying attention and appreciating little moments in our lives as we're separated, but more together than ever before. Um, so Trinity, tell me, how does SBF relate to Catchlight? Yeah, I think I am really trying here to talk about what what is really just sexism and homophobia, which are big topics, and there's a lot of darkness to those topics, but I wanted to approach them from a very playful perspective, from a very humorous perspective, because I feel like using humor to point out issues within our society and issues within the way we perceive and make sense of our realities. It's a really effective way for people to kind of reflect on themselves. Um, and I think that's a really big power of humor because there is obviously always a place for the angry poetry and the poetry, which is very aggressive and very much like calling things out and expressing really deep, really negative emotions. But that's not to say that comedy is not equally as powerful of a tool. So I was trying to use comedy and use humor to both engage the reader because it's fun. It's fun to think something's funny, um, but then also to really draw their attention into this question of what is pleasure? What um, ideas do I have surrounding female sexuality and pleasure that maybe are a little bit outdated and how can we open that up a little bit. I love that. Great answer. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for recording this episode with me. Um, thank once you. Again, for all of our listeners, this has been um, Andy and Trinity Fritz Lawrence. Make sure you check out the 2021 edition and pick up your copy as soon as you can to read all of our wonderful contributors. Yay. I'm excited. Thank you so much.